Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Dedicated to Henry Farman. In the year of the primal war, to the dawn of terrestrial birth, man mastered the mammoth and horse. Greetings and felicitations, children of technology. Welcome to episode 134 of Agitators Anonymous. I'm Alan Averill, the singer in a heavy metal band, trying to make some sense of the things I do not understand, etc. All of those things. Um, it's Friday morning. The podcast was maybe an hour or two late. Apologies for that. There was some technological difficulties. But here we are. You can follow me on emptyang underscore primordial and primordial underscore official. Um, if you want to kind of keep up with the band on all that kind of thing, we will play our last show uh, for quite a long time, actually, I think in Canada next week, first time in over 10 years, Messe de Mort Festival. Um, going to be interesting. It's been a long time since we've been there. And also someone pointed out to me that it is 15 years ago, a couple of days, that promoter released to the Nameless Dead album, which I suppose, all things considered, is one of our most popular, perhaps the most popular. I'm not really sure. It's hard to tell. Um, what that means or how to quantify that these days. Is it streams? Is it whatever? I don't know. It certainly was the one that lifted us up a couple of rungs on the ladder from pale insignificance to vaguely resembling something that somebody might recognise from a distance, etc. Um, I might get into that and do that next Tuesday, just have a look back at the album, seeing as it, um, I suppose it's an odd thing for most metal bands to have their most popular run of albums halfway through or near the end of their career. Heavy metal usually, I think, is a kind of young man's game or at the very least, usually your debut or first two albums are the ones that everyone holds up as um, your classic albums or become the most popular albums. But for Primordial, it's been a bit different. Nobody comes out to see us demanding that we play all of Imrama. And I'm quite thankful for that because it means you are not beholden entirely to who you were um, you know, when you were 20 years old. If you do wish to um, become a Patreon, um, over at patreon.com slash Alan Averill, there are no tiers for, you know, as little as, um, I don't know, one ruble, 
a month. Um, you can get all sorts of other podcasts and various this and that and that kind of thing. Go and take a look. If you would like to rate or review the podcast, that would be great. It moves it up the algorithm, which I haven't said in a while in that stupid voice. But there you go. It's the first algorithm of the month. A lot's been happening in the world. Maybe I should leave it to the end to comment on it um, and just get stuck into the main body of what we're going to talk about today. Because I know that sometimes if I start off with a little bit of political pontification, some people just go, ugh, and just turn off. Um, But the main thrust of this podcast is going to be about AI songwriting. Now, maybe some of you listened to the podcast I did a couple of weeks ago, which was about AI art creation. Well, this is a kind of continuation of that theme. Several things happened that prompted this conversation. Um, Initially, it was supposed to be about, I think, the comments, um, well, or at least partly inspired by the comments by Adam um, from Behemoth, who kind of made a statement and said something kind of off the cuff, which I, I think makes sense, but I think that people took, maybe people want to take issue with the, some of the things he says, but he just said, you know, don't get into playing music, go to college, get in a, you know, get a degree, all that kind of stuff first. I'm not going to go through his interview. But what I took from it was, um, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but where things might go in the next couple of years, that's where this podcast, um, that's what this podcast is going to be about. Because the simple fact is that it's going to become harder and harder and harder for musicians. And I think all creative people, once AI gets a handle on all these things, and people who've grown up being used to the um, whole AI concept, the meta concept, um, are not really going to care or perhaps even notice the difference between what would have been an analog artist and a AI construct. And now I'm not sure if that's exactly what Adam was referring to when he was um, doing, you know, this this kind of off-the-cuff comment, but people said, oh, he's just gatekeeping. And I don't think that that's true. After a career of 30 years, um, you're not really gatekeeping the next 30 until we're, you know, 70 or 80. I mean, he has his career established. He's uh, no doubt made enough money, etc., so I don't think that that's true, but I do think as things, you know, as has, say, the, the aperture through which we can all pass into the sunny uplands of um, creativity that will be, you will be paid for, becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. I think he has a point on some level. Of course, the incredible journey of starting a band when you're young and heading out in the van and this, that and the other. Um, it's a romantic thing that I've talked about often in the podcast and still, of course, recommend that. But I think everyone kind of knows that um, it's not what you do to set out for, you know, to, um, you know, make a living. The percentage... Um, possibility of that happening gets shorter and shorter. So what am I talking about? Well, I had a conversation with um, Paul, the bass player of Primordial, only last weekend. Um, and it was, I think, in a sense, podcast gold. Um, there was myself, him and uh, Dave from a band Death the Leveller, who you should check out also from Dublin. Um, and we were discussing, basically, there's an old DJ um, in Ireland called Dave Fanning. Um, I think who is sort of like our version of John Peel, um, you know, kind of John Peel light or something like this, who I suppose all people who grew up of a certain age in Ireland would recognize that name um, was somebody that our, you know, our national broadcaster wheeled out every time to kind of um, relate to young people in the 80s and the 90s. Anyway, he still has a radio show. And what he did is he was playing um, a U2 song which had been written by A.I., 
So that's what prompted this podcast. Because, um, and let's just put that into context. So this was um, artificial intelligence had basically, without the input of a human, obviously, who's built the platform and all that kind of stuff. But what they did was they played a U2 song. Now, of course, I've said before in the podcast, there's a kind of uncanny valley, which is, um, you know, when you see, as I said before, Peter Cushing in that old Star Wars episode, and you go, that doesn't look real. Um, and that technology is from 10 or 15 years ago. The uncanny valley is what looks, you know, humans can tell humans. We're not sure how to quantify it or how to measure it, but we just know when something is not quite real. And listening to these U2 songs that were created by AI, and which, let's be clear, what that means is that an artificial intelligence, the, the, the platform that creates these songs, has analysed U2's songwriting, their structures, their lyrics, um, everything. And basically, I, in theory, I suppose it's similar to the art AI creative, and well, let's use the word creative and hold it, aloft and see if the light shines through it but um you've given maybe the ai a theme and it rolls with that theme and maybe you've said maybe you said to it, well you two maybe take you know influences from their 81 to 83 period and write the song about this or that of course we don't know the exact ins and outs of what was input into um you know what words were input into the platform but out it spewed um a u2 song and the implications for this are, I think, potentially very, very serious, which is kind of maybe, I don't know whether I can say that that's what Adam from Behemoth was thinking about, but 5, 10, 15 years, um, this is going to potentially have incredible repercussions for creativity and art. So what they did was they played this song and you could tell, okay, this doesn't really sound like you too. What about the vocals, you say? Well, I mean, realistically, the AI can just take um, the tone of Bono's voice and recreate this and move it through keys and changes. I mean, the thing about it is that mo an awful lot of modern pop music, you will notice, has this incredibly affected vocal anyway. Um, and I think that these AI um, creative songwriting platforms will have a much easier job just recreating pop music. Of course, people keep putting things like Nirvana. I just listened to the other day um, a Nirvana song created by AI. And it's much harder for the AI to recreate um, perfectly, of, of course, bands, analog bands. But it's getting pretty close. I'm sure maybe for pop music, it's much easier. Um, which, of course, just is relies on, well, drum machines and digital samples and all that kind of thing. And, you know, the vo a voice that is quite affected already. And so the technology already is here for, I think, for the likes of, you know, I, I mean, whatever pop stars that you're... Um, that you're hearing when you go out and about in public, when you go into a shop or, or whatever, and you hear some sort of... Um, in succinct sort of, you know, bland pop music. The idea that it can be literally entirely written by AI, I think is already here. So what does this mean? And it breaks, it started to break our brain in the, in the uh, we were driving along um, in a car altogether, the, the, the three stooges that I've, I've aforementioned, myself, Paul and Dave, and it started to break our brains as the conversation kind of spiraled out of control. What does this mean in the future? I mean, in theoretically, and I think like the technology is not perfect, but in the next couple of years, it could well be, of course, it will be perfected. And um, the platform that allows your average punter, let's call, 
all of us that, we're all punters, um, won't be gatekept. You'll be able to just, you know, perhaps, who knows, even create this on your phone. I don't know. But th- theoretically, and let's just get into this, it means bands could release songs and albums that they haven't actually written. Let's take the U2 example. It means that um, AI could literally release a new U2 album, um, which U2 have had no input into. It means in theory, um, in theory, I mean, let's take Primordial. It means in theory, uh, let's say the band breaks up in two or three or four years. It means that in five years or maybe eight years, AI could literally write a new Primordial album. And one day on Spotify, you might get, I don't know how it's going to have a bracket after it or something like this, I'm saying written by AI or something's going to inform you. But AI could literally, you might put in, let's put, give it a, give it a concept, which is maybe, I don't know, a pre-Christian Celtic myth. Tell the story of um, the Tuatha de Danann or, you know, some Irish mythological story. And out might come an entire album written in the style of Primordial with AI. And you have to ask yourself, will we be able to tell the difference? You know, in theory, this could happen for um, any band, any band at all. Spotify already has apparently chill out. They call it like bath time. Um, I don't know somebody who's taking the piss out of me uh, because they used to call me Sir Bath a lot. <laughs> well, um, it's possible that they were taking the piss out of me, but I don't think so because when I had a bit of a look around, um, yeah, you can find music on Spotify that is already written by AI, but consider the implications for that for streaming services because if you're going to have music that has no songwriters, so to speak, um, this is obviously means that there's going to be no streaming royalties that you're going to have to pay to anybody. In fact, you might be able to create a pop star who is only an avatar that doesn't actually exist, that kids will watch with their Oculus Rift Metaverse um, goggles on. I mean, I've already seen um, little bits of footage of a Motorhead um, show, which somebody has created um, entirely for you to view through your goggles. So they're already reanimating um, old Motorhead shows. And of course, you know, ABBA um, have already just been on tour as holograms. Um, I mean, they're pretty old ABBA now, but they just didn't want to go up uh, up there and be judged by their young selves, which I completely understand. And one of the most iconic bands of all time. There has to be a moment where all four of them bury the hatchet and get in the room together and go, look, we ain't got many more spins around the ball of dirt. Let's try and make some new music. And by all accounts, if you like ABBA, the new songs they released, by all accounts, were... Uh, pretty good. But to go on tour and try and be or be judged by who you were when you were 30, well, maybe in the future, um, you won't be judged against anything. Um, pop stars may be, may not actually be real people. In fact, you know, you could take a K-pop band and maybe some of them are already not real people and being sold to nine or 10 or 11 year olds in the West who uh, won't know the difference. Um, I mean, there's some sort of curious ethnic questions going on there about what we recognize. But at the same time, um, it is possible perhaps already, and maybe that music can already be made by AI and the shifted tuned vocals won't really make any difference to a 10-year-old. And that's the thing that you have to kind of remember when considering this is that what seems like a very strange possibility to us, because we are older, we've grown up going to see uh, live bands in the flesh and listen to real people making music. If you're um, eight or nine or ten years old now and in ten years you're 18 um, this could already be have become a creative formality the idea that creativity is not just something that 
um, physical, corporeal people do, that AI has just taken the place of that. And it also means that you've just got no one that you have to pay. I mean, and this is what kind of broke our brain a little bit as we began to spiral down into this conversation. I mean, technically, it means AI could make a new Led Zeppelin album. Let's say in four or five years time when the technology is perfected, um, maybe Led Zeppelin are dead. Who owns the estate of Led Zeppelin? I don't know. I presume maybe their record company has some sort of contractual. Um, a lot of times record contracts state that um, members of bands contractually are bound to that label and cannot, um, aren't supposed to uh, start other bands, side projects, all that kind of thing. And which I know from experience because I've done quite a few side projects. Now, if my creativity had made ever made anybody lots and lots of money, maybe there would be more of a, uh, a fuss kicked up about, um, you know, making a, you know, Dread Sovereign album for Van Records or whatever. But there's a big um, copyright issue as to how how could this work? But I'm sure if there's money to be made somehow of, of, of sending a, a hologram Led Zeppelin out on tour in the metaverse, um, then somebody is going to find a way to make money off that. But it means, I think in theory, um, and it broke our brains, that there could be a new Led Zeppelin album in four, four or five years, completely written by AI. There could be a new Beatles album um, once Paul is dead, or maybe Paul sanctions it. Um there could, which has nothing to do or has no human touch within its songwriting. But I can imagine this already maybe happening for a Billie Eilish or something like this. How do the gatekeepers of songwriting keep a lid on this? Because what we do, what could be, um, and this again, as I said, we spiraled out of control with the conversation. Let's take Billie Eilish because I keep referencing, um, you know, analog bands uh, because I'm of that age where that seems to be the, the thing that I reach for. But could it be possible that with the software, a fan of Billie Eilish creates a new song by Billie Eilish and just uploads it the day before she releases her own song and the song that's written by AI happens to be more popular and goes more viral because said kid has made a cooler 15, 30, 40 second TikTok social media dance to go with the part of the Billie Eilish song that she's written or is the copyright under the name Billie Eilish it's again it's completely brain breaking and what if people prefer these AI versions kids who are used to hearing and I think digital pop music which doesn't require um, physical instrumentation what if they just go well actually I can make my own songs by this artist um, I prefer that and so kids maybe who knows maybe what they could do is they can buy um, a subscription, a creative subscription to uh, be allowed to write songs for themselves um, under the influence of said artist. Um, but there might be some block on uploading it. Again, brain-breaking stuff. But who could say that the streaming services won't jump on this because what it will say or what it will mean is that there may not be the same streaming royalties that they will have to pay to artists because the artists, they might actually own as avatars am i breaking your brain already and how do we but the question is how do as artists how do we survive that was again then the question after that now i'm quite thankful that the main body of my career is realistically in the past if some of you have listened to the conversations between me and joe from gamma bomb on metal salvage the last one people said was a little bit dour a little bit life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Dark, because... Well, look, we're Irish, we drink, and um, on the surface it may seem all... It may seem all friendly and sunshine and light, but you know, scratch a nail beneath the surface and you get the heart of darkness. But the idea that the main body of our career is in the past, I think, um, I almost think is kind of good. It's not certainly not, you know, embracing <laughs> the aging process with anything other than a kind of, you know, grumpy shaking of the fist, but... How can artists survive in a climate like this, let's say in 10 years, where um, most pop music will be written by um, an artificial intelligence uh, platform? Will it be or could it be that unless there's an act of rebellion against this, as in, um, you know, maybe in your country, there is a political party that holds 10 or 15 percent of the vote. And that's what we are as we grow older. Um, there's a, a percentage of people who rebel against this and who do want the real thing and are willing to show their, um, you know, digital, you know, fake digital passports to get into an underground bunker somewhere to see um, a band playing with actual instruments, playing original songs. Of course, I'm reaching a little bit too far, but that's the nature of the podcast. It is called Agitators Anonymous after all. But it could be that this is what we're looking at in the next five or ten years. I did listen to, as I said, an AI, um, AI created Nirvana song. And again, it didn't quite sound right. It wasn't quite perfected. And some of the English is a little bit strange and the voice sounded a bit odd. But like I said, for somebody who is five or ten years old now, are they going to miss analog, analog bands? Like who will be the real life musicians that they look up to? In the past, you know, your Robert Smiths or your Morrisseys 
or you know your Kurt Cobains or um, your Dickinsons or your Dio's or whoever it was that you identified with as, as a teenager if you're going to be um, growing into your teenage years now uh, into adolescence as I said even more immersed and engaged with um, your phone with technology with all these kind of things if this is the way technology is moving then perhaps the pop stars you identify with aren't actually real they're avatars now one of the things then we started to think about record labels uh, back in the day you know the whole um, Napster um, you know Pirate Bay discussion record labels were very slow to react to what was coming down the road because I think they just thought their cash cow was something they could milk forever. Now, now, in the, now, looking back in the fullness of time, I think I'm on Lars Ulrich's side. I think that um, I'm not sure that he could exactly see what was coming down the road, but the idea that um, creativity was just something that so everybody, an entire generation of people and generations felt would, um, was their entitlement to get for free, I think is the fundamental concept. And... Um, seeing how little musicians and creative people get from streaming services, um, one could say the writing was on the wall. But of course, it was easy to paint um, a kind of vulgar figure of Lars Ulrich with his Basquiat um, art collection worth 20 million. And, you know, the figure he paints for, you know, on some kind of monster, which I went to before, it's kind of easy to hate. Maybe if he wasn't such a sort of uh, kind of dislikable character, it would have been easier to fully grasp the um, the implications of what he was discussing but certainly do record labels realise perhaps what's coming down the road and that and by that what I mean is the idea that um, you with the right technology could create a new album by your favourite band um, and it's singular to you and what you wish it to be about what you wish the subjects to be um, and you might let's say you know we we pick Led Zeppelin and you want it kind of houses the holy sort of acoustic style album you don't want the rock and roll Led Zeppelin and you you say I want Led Zeppelin 77 to you know June 77 to whatever I want houses the holy I want physical graffiti I want them to use these instruments I want them to be influenced a bit more by Django Reinhardt or whoever else um, and you you perfectly describe to the AI, I want this and I want the, them in this studio and I want the, this engineer and out comes a new Led Zeppelin album. Um, how can record labels safeguard against this, you using that as an influence? And, or maybe you just spell it with one letter differently to, uh, you know, to move against copyright issues. Are the record labels thinking about this potentiality? Um or like early streaming, will it just be free, a kind of free for all uh, of fan made releases? Um, as I said, we've already seen ABBA going on tour as holograms. Um, why can't the Beatles tour a new album as holograms made by an AI? I mean, it sounds to me like a horror, a horrific future. I mean, certainly a kind of car crash of a future where you will slow down to have a look as you go by. And then you think, thank fuck, I saw um, my Metallica in the 1980s or the 1990s. Um, but at 60 years old, Metallica aren't going to go on forever. Maybe they retire in a couple of years and then maybe they send out a version of themselves um, to continue touring as AI. Certainly a band like Kiss, I think, uh, are already, they have to be. Gene Simmons has to be thinking about this kind of stuff already. How can I send a version of this out on, um, uh, you know, a digital tour? Maybe we can let, the, you know, we can let the AI for a fee write a new album. Um 
there's no doubt that he's probably thinking about this if anybody is maybe that's unfair to say of course as I said the podcast is called Agitators Anonymous um, it's unlikely I'm going to go ah sure it'll be grand won't make much of a story but how do people safeguard or gatekeep against this um, because maybe the technology will be there for somebody who just takes let's say you take someone like um, there's a great YouTube series called New British Canon which kind of is a kind of very well-researched music kind of YouTube video thing, 15, 20 minutes long, and they discussed Aphex Twin, how Aphex Twin took on uh, the modern music industry, took on the dance music industry, etc. If And it seems like if there was somebody who would um, give over their name to music being created within that name, just off the top of my head, by AI, it would be something like that. Um, kind of subversive characters who are willing to just let... Um, the technology completely take a hold of things. But what that could mean is that you just remove the human part of the discourse. Um, And would anybody notice, I think, is a very complicated question as well. And there are people who always say to me, oh, Alan, come on, it's just the process of technology. You know, what are you complaining about? What do you want? We've always had these, you know, processes, whether it's from the Industrial Revolution to... um, you know, all of the technological processes of the 21st century or the 20th century. But when people say to me, it's just the further process of tech, I say, okay, but let's just examine that for a moment because it's not the same as anything that's gone before. Um, maybe you don't think about it, maybe you do, but with AI, the, re- the realization is it is self-aware and it's self-aware enough to make its own decisions. I mean, of course, we split the atom, but, you know, and built the bomb, but we did not... Come on, brain. Make this point. Um, We split the atom. We built the bomb and we dropped it. But the bomb didn't decide to drop itself, so to say. Um, AI can unilaterally make that decision. Maybe AI decides, well, there's money to be made in sending out um, a hologram Led Zeppelin on tour. Um, But how would it know what the concept of money is? Exactly. Very good question. But that's the difference, is that is the unilateral decision making is like nothing we have ever created before. And in in my opinion, all the people who tell us we have nothing to worry about, um, let's call them the kind of calm Lex Friedmanites of the world, um, a greater character as he is. Uh, who possess, obviously, a vast intellect um, greater than mine. There is no doubt about that. But somehow what they often seem to miss is who exactly is in charge or who is kind of outside of the tent pissing in, so to say. Because almost all technological developments go hand in hand with the military or the state. Um, You know, Darwin was on board a military vessel, all those kind of things. The idea that we have a benign, good-natured artificial intelligence that somehow won't be manipulated by authoritarian systems to create a greater surveillance state is already an idea that belongs um, in a fairy story. I think it's already nonsense. Uh, We only have to take a look at what's happening in China to understand the implications of a vast surveillance state where people have literally no privacy who, by the way, are pursuing still a 0% COVID strategy, um, to the horror of anybody in the West who is still wishing to look on. And also, I think, to the um, horror of the same people within the West who were kind of subscribing to some elements of that authoritarian impulse 
during the pandemic, demanding that the unvaccinated be sent to camps to, uh, you know, for utter isolation. All of the things that I talked about in the podcast during the lockdown, um, the kind of people whose impulses wanted even more of a lockdown can now see, I think, through the fog and take a look, look at what's happening in China and their 0% strategies and go, oh, right, is that what we were advocating for? Yes, it was. And we are already seeing lots of articles. There was one in The Atlantic talking about, go, can we have an amnesty? Don't bring up the things we said during the pandemic. Don't, you know, can we just, ah, can we just forget all that? And let's forget that you weren't able to bury your dead or see your um, loved ones I'm in their final hours or had to go to funerals over Zoom or blah, blah, blah. All of those kind of things or that you demanded um, that people were sent to camps. Remember that? Anyway, I digress. And surely some of you switched off. But however, the AI surveillance state that is, you know, is, is, is in the construction in China should be a warning to the world. I listened to, um, I'm going on a bit of a, you know, kind of tiny sidestep here, but I listened to Yuval Noah Harari on the Great Star Talk podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I really enjoy these kind of mutual heavyweight ties, you know, and because they're both like super intellects. Um, and Star Talk is a brilliant podcast. It, they've managed to kind of um, move astrophysicists' um, explanations of into the realm of uh, comedy and, uh, you know, kind of relatability. It's excellent. Anyway, but you can hear. Tyson kind of getting a little bit bummed out with Harari's um, not doom and gloom, but relentless realism and brutal realism as he outlined the huge potential negativities for the human race an unanswerable, uncontrollable and, and unilateral artificial intelligence that is learning and adapting at a pace we can only dream of um, or whatever the phrase may be um, that is, you know, um, in thrall to these authoritarian urges. I mean, who is to say? that the AI just decides that the answer to climate change is clearly to cull humans um, in 20 years. Who knows? To release a virus with an 80% rate of lethality, which of course um, ultimately won't affect the 1%, will it? Culling the herd, as the song goes, which is a pretty good song, actually. I'm quite a fan of Exodus, Tempo of the Damned. And I wonder why no one ever chose that, chose that song title before. Quite jealous of that, actually, Culling the Herd. Anyway... So is this something to worry about within our lifetime to add to the long list of other things to worry about? Um, I think so. Well, if worry is the right word, but certainly it seems that somehow in the next couple of years, Primordial might be in theory able to make an album without actually making an album. I mean, maybe this is a good plan for Kerry King to make a better Slayer album than they've managed to since 1990. Ouch. Low blow, huh? Yeah. But it sort of seems that um, certainly AI could probably make a better album than God Hates Us All. But it seems to be somewhere where we could be headed. I can't see anything in what I've said that somehow seems impossible or implausible. Of course, we grew up on, you know, at least most of us looking at the age of demographics on the ACAST site, the, 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 the podcast uploading platform site, which I can clearly see what age most of you are. But what we really are considering is maybe not us um, or... This is kind of aimed at people who will be, you know, born between, you know, now or they're eight or nine or ten now. We already have a musical history together that involves real people, that um, involves real bands. We've met at festivals, we're going to shows, we're taking some active part 
um, not only, let's say, a scene, but in music and creativity in general. But like I said, if you're 10 years old now, when you're 16 or 18, how different things will things be in those couple of years? Um, anecdotally, most of my kids, um, my friends' kids, listen to gaming music. They don't listen to artists or music. They listen to music to game to, which in theory could already be made by AI, right? No vocals, no lyrics, less of the uncanny valley. Yep. Anyway, if the podcast have called is, ag- is of course, called Agitators Anonymous. I mean, if I was just going to come on here and go, yeah, look, it'll be grand. Don't worry about it. Uh, that wouldn't make much of a podcast, would it? Well, something to consider and maybe take a little look into AI created songs, AI uh, created U2 song, um, Nirvana song. Take a little look at, uh, at it yourself and consider to yourself, um, would you listen to an album um, by a band or by an artist that wasn't really a flesh and blood artist that was just a creation. Perhaps you do already. Perhaps your kids do already listen to music that isn't made by a human being. Certainly food for thought. Um, What else was I going to say? I was going to make some random comments about politics that I'm sure will piss or not piss some people off. Um, Trump running again. Wow, the world really needs that, like a hole in the head. (laughs) Um, As we head towards... Uh, what just appears like more and more social chaos. We need the agent of chaos again. Wow, it's a grim time. As I just have a couple of, I have this feeling that um, if Trump hadn't won before, the world might not be in the same place it was. I think that the this you know crazy anomaly of a situation really provoked the political class or the 1% or whatever you want to call it, those World Economic Forum style people to kick their plans of authoritarianism into overdrive to make sure that this never happened again. And it also allowed people who opposed him to take all sorts of liberties with the concept of due process or even telling the truth in their crusade against um, all things Trumpian. Um, As grotesque a human being as he is, a missile landed in Poland. Um, and one thing that I was struck by over that situation was how um, how diplomatic everything seemed to be because the implications for if it was a Russian stray missile um, landing in a NATO country, the implications for that are very, very, very fucking serious because all of a sudden um, this could escalate the entire conflict from being a proxy war um, like Afghanistan only obviously, you know, on the between the borders of um, Europe and Russia. But the idea that all of a sudden this was not just a black hole where everyone could pour their um, weapons into um, and try and keep it contained within its borders. Um, all of a sudden, the f- potentiality for this to become something broader and greater uh, was on the cards. And you thought, wow, this really could escalate. But it was de-escalated very quickly and it showed that Behind some of the bluff and bluster and the propaganda and the uh, editorializing that goes on um, over what information we are showed during um, this particular conflict, that there were there was a shuffling of feet and diplomats moved in to kind of go, hey, 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 calm the fuck down, which was quite surprising. I did expect some more firebrand rhetoric. Maybe it shows how much... I've been sucked into the narrative and the propagandizing as well. Maybe indeed. I've already talked about the amnesty idea from other people um, who were screeching for more authoritarianism during the pandemic, who maybe now, um, with a little bit of space and distance, are going, all right, 
Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I lost my mind. Hmm. Forgive and forget, my friends. This is Agitators Anonymous. I'm Alan Averill. That was episode 134. The implications for songwriting and creativity caused by artificial intelligence. And I think it's going to be something we're going to find the answer out to within our lifetime. That's for sure. Unless you're planning on dying later on today. Um, you might never find out. Well, my friends, what a rather morbid ending. Well, are you morbid? My friends, Agitates Anonymous, over and out.